Welcome to the Thinking Differently podcast, where we explore the new horizons of our rapidly changing world. I'm Rod Collins, your host for today's podcast. As technological innovations continue to transform the rules for how successful businesses work, we challenge business leaders to rethink how they remain competitive in a digitally transformed marketplace. A few years ago, the popular leadership author Ken Blanchard coined the off-quoted phrase, none of us is as smart as all of us. In propagating this idea, Blanchard urges us to appreciate that people are most successful when they combine their various talents and their differing perspectives in coming together to accomplish a mission or a goal. I have seen this phenomenon firsthand over the past two decades in the various collective intelligence workshops that I have facilitated. The participants in these workshops are typically a microcosm of an organization, with the sessions including a diverse group of 40 to 50 participants from all levels and all areas within an organization. With remarkable consistency, these highly facilitated sessions result in extraordinary solutions that the participants generally agree are beyond what any single individual could devise. While every one of us can probably think of an example where we experience the power of a smart group to accomplish something great together, each of us has also probably had the experience of being part of a team that failed because it fell victim to groupthink. The former U.S. Congresswoman and author Gabrielle Giffords reminds us that there are also times when none of us is as dumb as all of us. How is it that sometimes when we come together in groups, We are extraordinarily brilliant, and at other times, we are incredibly dumb. How is it that sometimes we engage in collective wisdom, and at other times, we fall victim to collective stupidity? You may recall from an earlier episode that James Sorowiecki, the author of the book The Wisdom of Crowds, provides important insights into the dynamics that define the differences between smart and dumb groups. Consistent with Blanchard's observations, Surawiki notes that under certain conditions, groups are exceptionally intelligent and are often smarter than the smartest individuals in them. Surawiki cites numerous examples where large groups are better at decision-making, solving problems, enabling innovation, and even predicting the future. Perhaps what is most interesting and also counterintuitive is that there is often no need for any one individual to be particularly smart for the group to achieve ingenious results. 
Aggregating the imperfect judgments of each individual often yields an extraordinary level of collective intelligence, provided the right conditions are in place. One of the most important findings of Surawiki's study is that collective wisdom is not an automatic property of groups. That's why Gifford's admonition against groupthink is wise counsel. According to Surawiki, whether a group is extraordinarily intelligent often depends upon whether or not four conditions are present. If even one of these four conditions is missing, the opportunity for collective intelligence is lost, and the danger of groupthink, or worse yet, a mob, is very real. Let's review these four conditions again. The first is diversity of opinion. Having different perspectives, even eccentric notions, broadens the available information, provides the capacity for evolving ideas, and protects against the dangerous dynamics of short-sighted groupthink. The next condition is independent thinking. Each individual must be free to express his or her own opinions without editing and without any pressure to conform to the belief of others in the group. Suriwaki emphasizes that paradoxically, the best way for a group to be smart is for each person in it to think and act as independently as possible. The third condition is local knowledge. To truly access collective intelligence, the group must be able to draw upon specialized and localized knowledge because the closer a person is to the problem or situation, the more likely he or she is to have a meaningful contribution. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, aggregation mechanisms. A widely diverse group of individuals can only produce genuinely intelligent results if there are processes or algorithms for integrating the content of everyone's observations and opinions. Once again, without all four conditions, accessing collective intelligence is not possible. That is why, for example, when leaders bring together different perspectives into a lively discussion, they are not necessarily tapping into the collective wisdom of the group. Although they may have access to multiple perspectives and have input from people with extensive local knowledge, chances are organizational politics or other forms of peer pressure is interfering with true independent thinking and when the leader is processing the consolidation of the information, there is clearly no aggregation mechanism. In contrast, the original Google search engine had all four attributes. The billions of users assured diversity of opinion 
as well as sufficient local knowledge, people were free to exercise individual choice of the pages to view, and sophisticated algorithms served as highly effective aggregation mechanisms. In recent years, however, Google has modified its algorithms and has strayed somewhat from a strict application of the first two attributes, diversity of opinion and independent thinking. Of the four conditions, perhaps the most important is the use of aggregation mechanisms. This is why so much of social media is dysfunctional. While popular sites such as Facebook and Twitter may arguably have the first three attributes, their algorithms are not designed as aggregation mechanisms. And so, while we do have diversity of opinion, some semblance of independent thinking, and a great deal of local knowledge, without a way to aggregate the different contributions, we have a cacophony of chaos that divides us into myopic tribes and reinforces a highly polarized climate in which compromise, and even more so, consensus, becomes impossible. This, unfortunately, is the dark side of our hyper-connected world. Surawaki's four conditions define the difference between the senseless mob and the wise crowd. There is little diversity of opinion or independent thinking in a mob. Mobs are an extreme expression of groupthink and intolerance. Any voice that differs from the mob's narrative is silenced, and any voice that persists when silenced risks retaliation and expulsion from the group. The only local knowledge that counts is information that reinforces the limited narrative of the mob. And aggregation mechanisms are considered unnecessary when the horde is convinced that they know best and that anyone who thinks differently is obviously ignorant. Whether the Ma's behavior is emergent from the gathering of like-minded people or coerced by domineering leaders, mobs are inherently narcissistic. They are self-centered, believing that their wants and needs come first and are all that matter. Mobs are self-righteous, believing that they are better or morally superior to others. They are incapable of seeing different points of view and are often condescending to those who think differently. Because mobs are indifferent to the needs of others and unable to understand alternative ways of seeing things, they are incapable of intelligent compromise or innovative collaboration. This is why when the mobs don't get their way, they often devolve to violence, the ultimate manifestation of narcissism. The antidote to the senseless mob is the wise crowd. However, applying the four conditions that enable collective wisdom is not as easy as we may think.
because it requires a special and rare form of leadership. The leaders of wise crowds do not invest in particular narratives or outcomes. They invest in facilitating the collective intelligence of the group. These leaders may have personal preferences and convictions, but in their roles as facilitators, they put these aside in becoming stewards of the four conditions. They welcome all points of view without any prejudice. They create safe environments where all voices are honored and all perspectives are heard without any fear of retaliation. Often, this sense of safety is accomplished through the anonymous expression of ideas. They make sure that people who have first-hand knowledge of different sides of stubborn issues are included in the group's deliberations. And finally, they design some form of aggregation mechanism that fairly collates the collective wisdom that emerges when all voices are fully heard. Oftentimes, this wisdom is an optimally intelligent solution that no single individual could ever achieve, and more importantly, a solution that the vast majority of the diverse group find genuinely acceptable. Unfortunately, far too many of us have more experience in witnessing senseless mobs than the wisdom of crowds. And this experience seems to be coming more pervasive as social media algorithms are increasingly designed to divide us into tribes. However, it doesn't have to be this way. There has never been a better time to collate the wisdom of the crowd than today with the recent advances in the capabilities of digital technology. What is holding us back is our leaders, especially the leaders of the social media companies who, by their algorithms and their actions, are enabling the worst rather than the best in us. We need the power brokers of social media to transform how they lead by investing in the wisdom of the crowd and designing their algorithms to incorporate Surawiki's four conditions. If they do so, they will make an important social contribution by helping us to leverage the incredible power of collective intelligence to solve the increasingly complex problems of our times. Maybe then, Ken Blanchett's axiom will be far more prevalent than Gabrielle Gifford's admonition. Thanks for listening today. Please join us next week for another episode where we will share more engaging stories about the new rules for successfully leading businesses in a rapidly changing world. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.